morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I love thinking outside the box. And I'm so grateful for Pastor Steve and uh, him spearheading this Mission Sunday in overcoming the challenges that we are facing due to this pandemic. Now I want to turn your attention to the Word of God and share with you the message that I felt God had placed on my heart to share with you in person, uh, physically, but now we'll still do it in person, but through technology, virtually. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read from verses 13 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus is talking here, and he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I want you to turn to someone sitting beside you that's in your bubble And under your mask, I want you to say, influence, be salt and light. Influence, be salt and light. Purpose has to do with direction. If you do not know your purpose in life, then you really have no source of fulfillment. It's purpose that allows our lives to count for something. If we as believers do not know our purpose, what good are we? Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltness be restored? I want to tell you this morning the clear biblical purpose for every believer. The clear biblical purpose for every believer is to be a witness for you to share with others your experience, what you've witnessed Jesus doing in your life, how he's changed you, how he's transformed you. Notice what Jesus said in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. He did not say maybe, perhaps, hopefully, someday. No, he said right here, Right now, amidst the challenges of this pandemic, you are the salt of the earth. Now, there are very few things in life that have greater influence on the things they touch than salt. I mean, remember the last time you got a paper cut and maybe you went out to a restaurant and you had some fries with salt on them? When you were eating those fries and some salt got inside that paper cut, you didn't need me or someone else to say, "Um, excuse me, 
you've got a, uh, some salt just got into your paper cut. No, when that salt makes contact with that cut, Sometimes you even forget all dignity. You just start sucking that finger to get the salt out of the cut. You see, that's the nature of salt. It is that reactive. It's what we can call a change agent. Salt influences everything it comes into contact with. Salt, by its very essence, cleanses purifies, and preserves from corruption. Jesus deliberately chose to compare you and I as believers to salt for the purpose of describing how we should live our lives. This should be the nature of every believer. It's our calling. It's our purpose to go out into the world, a world filled with corruption, with the pure powerful word of God and to preserve that world from corruption. You may ask, why me? Why do I have the responsibility of taking the word to the world? Because you are the salt of the earth. Not only are you the salt of the earth, but Jesus said in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Now, he didn't say that you're some light in a corner. No, you are the light of the world. Again, there are very few things in this world that have greater influence on the things they come into contact with than light. It's the nature of light to influence everything it comes into contact with. Now, we know When children are small, quite often they are afraid of the dark. But darkness has no power in and of itself. Darkness is simply the absence of light. When light fades, darkness follows. But as long as there is light, darkness cannot, will not dominate. Jesus said, You are the light of the world because you have knowledge of God and you have knowledge from God. You are the light of Burlington. You are the light of Toronto. And as long as you are here, darkness cannot prevail. It must give way to the influence and the power of light. Hallelujah. When you became a child of God, he lit your candle. Second Peter chapter one, verse four tells us that we became partakers of the divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. God imparts his nature into your nature when he lights your candle. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 tells us, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So we understand that God transmits his light into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in him that we live, and we move, and we have our being. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, a city 
that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He goes on in verse 15, and he says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. I want to just remind you tonight as believers, or this morning rather, Jesus did not light your candle for you to be overwhelmed by the cares of life. Jesus did not light your candle for you to be closed out from the world that you were sent to enlighten. No, Jesus lit your candle to put you on a candlestick. In other words, when Jesus lights your candle, he intends to exalt you. He intends to promote you to take this light, the knowledge of God and the knowledge from God that is now in you, God intends for you to take it to the world to influence them, to make a difference. He said, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Notice that last word, in our scripture text this morning in verse 15, house. What was Jesus referring to when he used the word house? I want us to go on a little scriptural journey so we can gain more insight. In his teaching in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus said in verse 24, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Now, we have another word I want to pause and bring into scriptural context and clarity. That's the last word that we just read, rock. So let's take a side road, and then we'll get back onto the main road and answer the question of defining the word house. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were baptized under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all did eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. Listen carefully. And that rock was Christ. If Christ is the rock, then I suggest to you that the house is your life. Now, with this understanding, let's go back to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 and put this back into the verse. Jesus was saying, therefore, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his life upon Christ. Jesus is telling us that it is his plan, it is his purpose for our lives to influence everyone that is in our home, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. God has given you the power and the ability to have influence in your world. Everyone that is in your life, everyone that is in your house. 
Jesus goes on to say in verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. I want you to notice something here. Jesus did not say that they would glorify their father, but rather they would glorify your father. In other words, these men, the people that are being discussed in this verse, at this point in time, God is not their father. When they see your good works, God is not their father. But they will end up glorifying your father for the good works that they see in your life because of the light that is shining in you and through you to the glory of God. Let me give you an example of this from the Old Testament in a story that many of us perhaps are familiar with, and that's the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 41. Now, we just to shorten the story and summarize it, God gives Joseph a vision of leadership, but we see that Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. He finds himself in Egypt. He becomes a servant or a steward in the house of Potiphar. While he's there, he experiences God's favor and he moves forward, but then he's lied upon and he goes to prison. In prison, God gives him favor because you see when the hand of God is on your life and you're walking in obedience to the word of God, the purpose of God will prevail in your life in spite of the problems that you face. So in prison, Joseph still has the favor of God and he rises to a position of influence in the prison. Then at the right time, Joseph is brought from the prison to the palace of Pharaoh. Now, how does this happen? Well, Pharaoh has a dream and nobody can interpret the dream. And it's at that moment that the butler remembers Joseph when he was in prison. And the butler says, there's a man that interpreted a dream for myself and also for your former baker. And exactly what he said came to pass. If you call this man, I know he can interpret your dream. And so they send notice to Joseph and he gets ready to come into the presence of Pharaoh. Now, the servants of Pharaoh want to warn him before Joseph comes in. Yes, they acknowledge the fact that Joseph does have the ability to interpret dreams, but they let Pharaoh know he's a Hebrew. And the moment they said Joseph is a Hebrew, there was a lot that they were saying with that statement. By saying he's a Hebrew, they were telling Pharaoh, you worship worship a multiplicity of gods, but this person who's coming to you, he only worships one God. These are the Hebrews that worship this one true invisible God. They don't believe you can make God with your hands into an image. No, they believe in this invisible God. They believe in the one true God. But at this point, Pharaoh doesn't care. He has a problem. 
And he's been told there's a person that can solve your problem. Can I tell you today that as a child of God, when the world faces problems that are beyond their ability to solve, they don't care if you're a believer. They don't care about your theology. What they want to know is, can you help me with my needs? Can you help me solve my problems? And so they bring Joseph into the presence of Pharaoh. And true enough, Joseph interprets the dream. And notice the response of Pharaoh after Joseph interprets the dream. You can read this in detail in Genesis chapter 41, verses 38 to 44. But I just want to paraphrase these verses for you. In essence, this is the response that Pharaoh gave to Joseph after he interpreted the dream. He says, your God, who is God, gave you the interpretation of this dream. And your God, who is God, gave you this wisdom. So I'm going to exalt you to being just a little lower than me in the kingdom. You are going to be the prime minister of Egypt. Now here's a man who does not serve the God of Joseph, now giving the God of Joseph glory. My dear brothers and sisters, if God can do that in the Old Testament, I know he can do that in the New Testament, in the day and age that you and I are living in, baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let, allow your light to shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Everyone say influence. Say it again, influence. Influence is the power or the capacity to produce an effect on others. That is the purpose of the church, to produce an effect on others. And since it's you and I, born-again believers that make up the church, that is our clear purpose. The primary purpose for every believer is to positively affect others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has appointed us and anointed us with influence to be salt and light. During these challenging times that we live in, don't just cower in but understand who you are. Understand the power and the ability that God has given you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Influence, impact your world for Jesus Christ. Let Burlington and the surrounding area know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. Influence, be salt and light. In just a moment, we're going to transition and Pastor Steve is going to lead you into the altar service. And while you're praying, I want to encourage you 
to ask God for creative, innovative ways for you to be salt and light during these challenging times that we live in. It's the most opportune time for the church. It's who we are. We are change agents. So let's impact the world. Let's ask God to help us. And what we're doing is we're being salt. We're being light. We're letting the power of God use us to influence those around us. Everyone that's in our house. Everyone that's in our lives. God bless you, Life Church. I love you. And I look forward to the day that God allows us to come together face to face. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.